Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. Thank you for joining us today as we try to solve a mystery. As we look in St. Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, his second letter, starting in chapter 2, we find that these early believers thought that the second coming had already occurred and somehow they missed it. And our job today is to try to figure out why they believed that. And the essence of why they believed that is that they failed to distinguish between two things you probably never heard of, but you're going to hear about them today. The first is partially realized eschatology. And eschatology is simply the discipline, study of the future, particularly the biblical passages about the future. So the difference between partially realized eschatology and an overly realized eschatology. This is a tough topic, so let's pray before we begin. Lord, open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things out of thy word. Amen. I'm going to take this direction to try to explain why the Thessalonians fell into an overly realized eschatology by first teaching you what a partially realized eschatology is all about. What am I talking about? Well, I'm referring to something that the biblical prophets said would occur during the Messianic age. And so the Old Testament believers and the prophets thought that the Messianic age would occur exclusively at the end of the world, or at least the end of the world as we presently know it. Now, with the coming of Jesus and the New Covenant and the New Testament, there is a great surprise. And that surprise, with the first coming of Jesus, is that a huge portion of what was prophesied about the future age arrived in the present. In other words, there was a partially realized eschatology that occurred that folks in the Old Testament just thought would happen at the end of the world now has come and invaded the middle of human history. So what's a partially realized eschatology? As simple as it gets, big portions of the future are here now. And I dare say that the majority of dedicated Christians are missing out on some incredible blessings that are available to all. Now, I'm going to give you what I consider a prime example of a partially realized eschatology. In other words, something that the prophets looked forward to at the end of the world as we know it that has invaded life today. And I'm going to give as an example, since this broadcast is recorded right after Pentecost Sunday, I'm going to give you as an example the river of life. The river of life. You read in the prophet Ezekiel, towards the very end of a long book of Ezekiel, the prophecy in chapter 47 of Ezekiel that there would be a river of life that would flow from the temple in Jerusalem and head east to the Dead Sea. 
Now, if you go east from Jerusalem, as soon as you hop over the Mount of Olives, things start getting dry. And if you keep going towards the Dead Sea, they get really dry. And the Dead Sea isn't what you would normally think of as any kind of place you would want to go fishing because it has such great salt content. You can float on its surface, but everything in it is dead. And what Ezekiel foresaw that there would be a river of life, something like the river that ran through the Garden of Eden and gave rise to a paradise that made the Garden of Eden a paradise. So in a certain sense, we're seeing paradise restored here in Ezekiel 47. And as this river of life goes east from Jerusalem, from the temple in Jerusalem to the Dead Sea, everything on either side of this river is transformed and renewed. There are trees that are good for an abundance of food, and it says even the leaves of these trees are for healing, and the Dead Sea is now alive and full of fish. Okay, that's Ezekiel 47 about the future. Revelation 22, the very last chapter of the Bible, also mentions the river of life, and St. John's description is almost identical to that given in Ezekiel. So both Ezekiel 47 and Revelation 22 talk about a time when from the temple in Jerusalem, east of the Dead Sea, this river of life makes a a new Eden-like paradise. Now, I just want you to know that I believe that at the second coming of Jesus, which is in the future, when he comes to this earth, we will see a literal physical and utterly real river of life, and the Dead Sea will be a great place to fish, okay? Now, that's future eschatology. Now we go to John chapter 7. John chapter 7 talks about the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. It was the highlight of the Jewish year. It was an incredible, joyful feast. And just a P.S., vinegar Christianity isn't Christianity. It's a counterfeit. Christianity is meant to be a joyful expression of living in the presence of God, despite circumstances, despite setbacks, despite difficulties in life, and even despite persecution. It's a joyful feast in the midst of the desert in which we are living. That's just a little P.S. But in any case, the Feast of Tabernacles had a future focus. And this feast, week-long feast, each of the seven mornings of the feast, there was a joyful procession that went down from the temple to the pool of Siloam. And then the priest would take a golden pitcher dip it into the pool as all the people would shout and sing from Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 3. I'm not going to give you my version of how they sounded, but this is what they sang. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And this wasn't some real sleepy (laughs) liturgy, because then with the water that they had drawn from the wells of salvation, symbolically, with flutes and dancing and trumpets and cymbals and intense rejoicing, the procession would go back to the temple 
and then pour this water into a silver funnel that went down along the sides of the altar, ran onto the ground, heading east. You see, what they were doing every Feast of Tabernacles, the highlight of the Jewish year, was to anticipate with faith-filled hearts this transforming, joyful presence of God uh, exhibited through this living water that would run from the temple out to the Dead Sea, and everything came to life. And at the very climax of the Feast of Tabernacles, on the seventh day, the last day, the climax of this entire feast, Jesus Christ stood up and said this, and I'm quoting from John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. Jesus said, in the midst of all this rejoicing, if anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, hold on to your seat, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. I mean, this is in the very context of Ezekiel 47. Now this he said about the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, which those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. But let me tell you something. On the day of Pentecost, the realized eschatology, the future, what the Jewish people in hearts full of faith and joy look forward to at the end of the world as we know it, had arrived in the messianic age that came with Jesus Christ. The kingdom age began, and the day of Pentecost, nearly 2,000 years ago, the river of life was open. Now, I could ask you, uh, do the young people in your youth group or your confirmation class, have they had a drink? Do they have any kind of realization of what's available now in this partially realized eschatology? The only reason I use partially is because there's going to be a real physical river of life at the end of time. But yet, right now, in the midst of time, there's a reality that can transform and renew and bear fruit and bring healing and bring transformation and change to the entire world. The future has arrived. That's what realized eschatology is all about. Now, if you were going to go up to a, one of the believers in Thessalonica and, you know, that heard St. Paul teach and everything, and he wrote these letters too, and if you would mention realized eschatology, they wouldn't have the slightest clue of what you're talking about. But let me tell you this. They did have a drink. And because they had that drink, the future was so overwhelmingly present in their lives and their hearts, they could be led astray to an overly realized eschatology. So they thought the second coming had already come because they were drinking. Listen to St. Paul again, and I've tried to emphasize this in the past. It's in the first Thessalonians, the first chapter in verse five. It says, our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power, number one, and in the Holy Spirit, number two, and with full conviction, number three. These three things are all describing the overwhelming abundance and power and joy 
and fullness of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't just words. This wasn't abstract religious catechesis. They had a real encounter with the river of life. And that's what caused these people to go a little overboard thinking, yeah, we've got it. That means the end is here. No, the end has invaded human history. There's still more to come at the second coming, but the Thessalonians were heavy drinkers of the river of life. Are you? Are your children? Are the folks in your parish? Why aren't Christians today in large measure, not experiencing that power, overflowing joy of the Holy Spirit like the Thessalonians did. I don't have time to give you a comprehensive review, but if you look at a collection of radio shows we did for Faith and Family entitled Transformative Catholicism, which are also available on Podbean, listen carefully to the necessity of believing in the primacy of God's grace as the reason we're saved, that we don't save ourselves, God saves us. And then secondly, it had something to do with the meaning of the gospel that St. Paul basically had keenly and the Thessalonians did, which we don't, namely the kingship of Christ. The gospel is a royal announcement. The royal kingdom messianic age of the future is now. It's invaded. That's why we have two comings of Christ. So those episodes of Luke 21, episodes 4 and 23, will help you out. So you've found Realized Eschatology. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 25 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.